0: have failed this city
1: Hey everybody, welcome to
2: a special bonus episode of the Geek Generation. I recently returned from New York Comic Con, and while I was there, I was fortunate enough to check out the Arrow panel, and I brought it back for all of you to hear. Moderating the panel was DC Entertainment's Chief Creative Officer Jeff Johns, and the panelists included Executive Producer Mark Guggenheim, uh, and cast members Stephen Ammel, Katie Cassidy, and Willa Holland. Just as a heads up, there's a moment during the panel where they screen footage of the upcoming season for Arrow, and since I can't show video on here, uh, you'll hear a transition and then it'll skip right through that and go back to the panel. But if you want to see that trailer, you can head over to thegeekgeneration.com and look for this post and check out the trailer there. So here's the Arrow panel. Enjoy.
3: Hey guys. Super so excited to be here. Um, really thrilled. Uh, so many people checked the show out. Um, you know, kicks ass. I think it's a great rendition of Green Arrow. Um, excited to guys nice to talk to everybody here. So I'm going to bring up the executive producer, writer, uh, Mark Guggenheim. So I've known Mark a long, long time, and. Um, He's just done a fantastic job on the show. He's a huge comic fan, comic book writer.
2: Uh, Mark, what are you looking forward to uh, showing people this season? God, so many things. So many things that I probably couldn't even articulate. So instead of uh, talking about it, how about we show some, show some stuff? Yeah, let's show some
1: stuff.
2: Okay, let's play, that. Play, play
3: a look at uh, this coming season on air. up Willa Holland uh, who plays Thea Queen. Uh, the wonderful Katie Caskey who plays Dialora Lance. So we're gonna, I'm going to ask them a few questions, and then we'll open up to you guys for some questions. Um, Mark, uh, can you tell them a little bit about your influence from comic books on the show?
2: Yeah, well, um, Greg Rolanty, Andrew Prysberg, and myself were all huge comic book fans. Uh, obviously, uh, Andrew and I, we've written comic books. Andrew specifically wrote Green Arrow. Um, we came to this sort of as fans. We approach each episode as fans. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about this, that the Mike Grell Longbow Hunters and uh, the Diggle Jock uh, Year One series were two huge influences on us, in our take. Uh, because they're both, you know, indicative of sort of the very grounded, realistic, you know, dare I say Nolan-esque approach uh, that we tried to take to the book, not the book, I uh, <laughs> see, uh, the show. Cool.
3: So, uh, Stephen, can you tell them a little bit about uh, learning archery and how you...
0: Archery, uh, as enthusiastic as comic book fans are, archery fans aren't just as enthusiastic. And uh, my archery coach, Patricia Gonsalves, uh, showed me a 45 minute video before she even let me pick up a bow, which I would never done before. And uh, it was all the ways that archery had been done poorly in film and television. you <laughs> not do any of these things. You know? uh, they, the archery world, um, they have a term. It's called legolosing. And uh, they didn't want me to legolose. Cool. Um, I like archery, though. Archery is really fun. Yeah, you look you like you're really good at it now. I am good.
3: Yeah, I <laughs> uh, Willa, why do they call you speedy? What do you think?
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Um, because I'm ready to kick something in the butt. <laughs>
3: Um, I mean, I am ready to pick up a bow and arrow whenever you guys are ready
1: to write it in for me. Challenge. Challenge. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready, guys.
3: Uh, Katie, how does it feel to play uh, Dinah Laurel Lance? What do you like about the character, and where do you see her future going?
1: Um. Well, it's awesome. Uh, she, you know, she's very strong, very smart, and. Obviously,
2: forgiving, or maybe not. <laughs> um, where do I see her going? Mark? Do you have an answer to well, that question? Just, I, I would I would say, uh, I think episode three gives a pretty good indication about what you're capable of and where you ultimately might be headed.
1: Yes. I agree. Uh, you I, know, you know. I, mean, I would watch episode three.
2: A little, yes. Uh, there's certainly been um, some hints that will, you know, you'll find definitely a lot more about Laurel and her history and what's going on and where she's headed. It's good. It's juicy stuff.
3: Uh, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about
2: the villains? Is there a big bad? I saw the Royal Flush Gang in there. I was yes. them before. Um, yeah, well, there's. We like to say that there's a biggest bad, and then there are a few big bads throughout the year. One, one thing that we are very cognizant of as we arced out the first season was how there needs to be, uh, you know, highs and lows and crescendos um, and sort of little climaxes along the way because it's, it's 22 episodes. So you're telling a very long, uh, multi-chapter story, and we, we like to think of like the first five episodes as one chapter. Uh, through nine as, as another chapter, and each of these chapters sort of need to build to some kind of big, momentous event. Uh, so that requires sort of multiple big bads. Uh, but yeah, you saw those guys with the hockey masks uh, are the Royal Flush Gang, and uh, there are Thank you, yeah. Um, you'll see them in episode six. And yeah, there's some- How awesome did that guy
3: You know that's, that's one of the thing, great things about these guys too. They love the books, they love the characters, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of the street level heroes and villains from off DC Universe are going to be in there. Uh, you can talk about the Huntress a little yeah. bit.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the Huntress. Uh, well, first of all, the Huntress is played by Jessica Degau, who, uh who is, uh, you know, I, I think a incredibly talented actress, a totally a future star. Uh, she came in and auditioned uh, as Helena Bertinelli, and I felt very much the same way I did uh, when Steven had come in and audition. Like, wow, this is someone I've, you know, I've, I've never seen before, but is going to be a massive, massive star. Um, and you'll see that Helena comes onto the show a, in a moment where Oliver really needs someone like her. Uh, and that, that first episode, episode seven, is co-written by uh, myself. Uh, and Andrew Kreisberg and an up-and-coming writer. Uh, you guys should really check out his stuff. It's it's really good. Name Jeff Johns.
3: Okay, so um, the first time I saw, I mean, uh, Stephen doing that that bar lift. Uh, it you...
1: actually wasn't him. It was yeah. me. <laughs>
3: uh, so Stephen, how the hell do you do that? And what do you eat?
0: <laughs> Almost nothing. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it's it's part of the uh, it's part of the obstacle course in American Ninja Warrior. And, uh, I train uh, I train out at uh, Tempest Free Running Academy in Reseda with uh, my coach Paul Darnell, who doubles Henry Cavill in uh, Man of Steel, and um, he just uh, they have the salmon ladder there. And David Nutter, who directed our pilot, found out it was there, asked me if I could do it. I said probably and uh they built it and um we did it and we um that training sequence has been shown a lot and uh, i feel like we have the training sequence 2.0 in episode 8. definitely episode eight
2: definitely, definitely episode eight um it's funny though like we're, we're always trying to come up with new and crazy things for steven <laughs> to be doing on the set and I, i'm actually a, a fan of um the stuff you do in episode two, you know, with the with the machetes. Machetes um, in episode two, which is really yeah. cool. And there's a, a Stephen. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, Stephen free climbs a rope in episode two, and yes, the stunt guys were like, "Okay, well, we're, we're ready to wire you up here," and Stephen's like, "No, I, I I can do this without a guy's wire or anything. Oh, I, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> wires <laughs> are for wimps. Yeah, wires make me mad. You do
1: really try and do everything.
0: I do yeah. try and do everything.
3: You forget." Uh, So one of my favorite things in the show Is uh, actually the contrast Between Oliver Queen today And the flashbacks in the island The island is really, really fascinating to me And what you guys have planned for it Um, Can
2: you talk a little bit about balancing that out And and where we're going to go in there Um, First of all, big stuff happening on the island Uh, If you're not aware of it uh, The pilot Ends with a flashback of Oliver approaching Land Yu, which is the island where he spends five years. And the first flashback in episode two picks up where that flashback leaves off, and we continue the flashbacks uh, in every episode. And you'll get to see more of the mystery of the island, more of Oliver's evolution from the, you know, sort of spoiled, pampered, rich kid that arrived on that island and the cold blooded. You know, killing machine that he obviously returned five years later as. Um, and for, for us as producers, one of the best parts of the show, quite frankly, is the opportunity to go in each week and do those flashbacks. Um, it just adds a huge amount of scope to a show that hopefully that trailer showed you already has a phenomenal amount of scope in it. Um, but the other thing that we're doing is each flashback, even though we're proceeding in a chronological order, has some sort of thematic... Uh, resonance with what's going on in the present-day story. So the present talks to the past, and vice versa, throughout the show.
3: So, Stephen, how do you, how does your mindset change when, you're, when you're shooting the island versus
0: the City? I have to do like an hour and a half of makeup.
1: <laughs>
0: get a wig on. And the wig hurts. And My clothes are ratty, and it just changes my body language. And uh, I really, I, I really enjoy it when. When, um, when the series went to series, I was hoping that Oliver, when he got to the island, would be really beaten down to nothing before he rises back up again. And as Oliver Queen in the present day, the character is incredibly, he, he's unflinching. And he does some things that are pretty difficult to wrap your head around. Um, and the island help ex- helps explain why he does them why he has to do them and it helps you relate to the character more so aside from the makeup, I really enjoy it <laughs> uh, so I'm going to open up the questions to you guys, if you
3: want to line up quick <laughs> Take out Yeah. Good. questions are good alright so we have two mics so um, uh, three Oh, three mics. Thanks for the correction. Okay, well, so we'll go this way. So. Yes.
1: Hello. Hi. Hey. Um. First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for John Merriman. You're welcome.
2: You're welcome. I, I gotta give Angus prizeberg all the props in the world um, for for winning John over. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he's a huge Doctor Who and Torchwood fan. <laughs> Uh, he he lobbied uh, John. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say hard, but he very effectively. Um, and uh, because John, you know, uh, he obviously plays a character shroud in mystery, and uh, we didn't want to share too much with him, but we still want him to get get him to do the show. And uh, we're very fortunate that he took a leap of faith and a chance on us. Cool. Um, so that's
1: pretty much my question. Can you tell <laughs> us anything about? a mystery
2: character or if not, can you tell us about working with John? Yay, John. I'm sorry, what
1: was the second question? Um, if you can't tell us about the character, tell us about working with John. Or oh, he's
2: incredible. I, every time I see dailies with him, uh, the one word that comes to mind is magnetic. He is just incredible and I think the, the fun part about his character is he's sort of a change agent for the show in the sense that every time he interacts with a different member of our cast, it, uh, it affects the character in different ways. Uh, affects those characters in different ways. So it's a little bit like you know a stone dropped into a pond, and each ripple is a different character. So you'll get a chance to, I think, experience him, experience him in a variety of different kinds of scenes, and it's just fun to watch him totally uh, upend our, our different uh, members of the show. Cool.
1: And John
2: said, the hi- "Say hi to Stephen
1: on Twitter." So hi. Hi. Thanks. Steve <laughs> <laughs> <Team> Barrowman. Yeah. <laughs> Pilot,
2: which I really loved, Thank and you. I wanted to ask a question about Merlin. Are we gonna see a little bit of a darkness to him starting the season, or are we gonna have to wait seven seasons to see his descent
1: into
0: darkness? <laughs> uh, Colin Donald sends his apologies, by the way. She's he's amazing, he's standing up at a wedding this weekend in Colorado. He's from New York and he's
2: literally crying in the dark room right now. <laughs> You say he's standing up at a wedding and he's crying, but it's not him, it's not his wedding. He's...
1: No, no, no. Uh,
2: but as far as his darkness, you know, um, I would say that starting in episode 7, things start to happen with him that are both good and bad. Um, that are, are both you know, positive for his character's trajectory and negative. Uh, and it's that mix that I think will add a, an interesting degree of complexity.
0: Interesting. <laughs> Thanks.
2: Thanks. Um, my question goes up to everybody. Um, I was wondering if there was a superhero that you guys grew up with that particularly, like, influenced you in how you
1: portray your characters now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think we were all
1: athletic, kids. <laughs>
0: Though I was a big wrestling fan, growing up. I...
1: I was the video game.
0: Yeah. I, I a soccer team. I actually base... Um, Oliver tends to uh, keep eye contact a lot. He tends to focus. And I actually base that a lot on... Uh, Gus from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. wow. Mark doesn't know that,
3: by the way. I just, I just learned it. This very <laughs> interesting.
2: <laughs>
0: It's funny. Speaking of
3: uh, like influence in superhero characters, I know Willa, your character is actually not in the comics, but for me, she has come alive so quickly. I think she's going to be like how, how popular Chloe Sullivan was in Smallville. She wasn't canon. <laughs> Next.
2: Uh, um, I just want to say you guys are like amazing. I love the way you guys portray your characters. It's just fantastic. I never seen somebody so dedicated to who they are. It's just amazing. That's why I already love this
1: show. Thank you. Thank you. you.
2: My question is, now that you know a lot about your character, how do you see the evolution of your character going
3: into the show? And what do you hope to be if you guys make it to ten seasons?
1: To be running around with a
0: bow and arrow. <laughs> I'm Stay tuned. Uh, we're shooting episode 9 right now, and uh, I, I can't see the evolution that much, um, but I do know that episode 9 is everything that I want for the series because we we play on the idea that Oliver is just a regular guy with special abilities, but no superpowers, and thus is vulnerable, and we say that a lot, but in episode nine, we prove it, and uh, it's really exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Mark. Yeah. How, how
3: was the process of coming up with this Count of Monte Cristo twist in the series?
2: Well, you know, I have to say it was a really painless process uh you know greg merlanti and i uh sat down and you know greg had a very clear vision in terms of tone uh and, and had a lot of specific ideas um that i was able to you know play off of and and we've just been working together for so long that it was pretty easy uh you know to come up with hey what about this moment what about that moment and i think for us we always sort of Thought of it as part Count of Monte Cristo, uh, uh, so and part uh, redemption story. It's not. It, it's as much re- about redemption as it is revenge, um, because you know Oliver's a guy who obviously learns this terrible truth about his father and, and thus his family in the first episode, and is out to redeem his family uh, and his own past as much as you know get revenge uh, on the people that are to blame for the situation. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
2: Thanks. Hi. How are you guys doing? Um, the, the pilot was awesome, and, but I had a question. And that is, he pretty much kills everybody. <laughs> except, except the really bad guy, the, the big bad. So basically, it's kind of the Kevin Smith subcontractor Death Star question. <laughs> at, at what point he kills somebody for finding out his identity in the earlier scene with Merlin? At what point does he move from hero to villain? I mean, are you going to address the whole? You, you mentioned the longbow hunters, and in longbow hunters, we know Oliver Queen's motivation is: well, I was on an island and I had to kill, so you really shouldn't kill unless your back is to the wall and it is life or death. So I was wondering if that's going to be a theme throughout the season. Absolutely, absolutely. Just, I would say, just about every episode. A hundred percent. There's, there's a line in an upcoming episode where I say to someone, you know, I,
0: killing is not my opening move, you know. You do, it, it happens when it's, when it's he's, he's, killing is not an objective, it's a necessity, and um, that, that, that's part of what makes the story real. That's, that, that is hopefully what helps you buy into it, is that um, these guys saw him as Oliver Queen, saw him fight, what is he going to do? Make, make them sign a non-disclosure agreement? Like, he's <laughs> <laughs> got to snap the guy's neck. The guy whose neck that I snapped in the pilot, by the way, is our fight card for James Manford. Oh.
1: Uh, yeah, he's amazing. A, amazing yeah.
0: Yeah. And he's a big big comic fan, fan,
3: too. Yeah. Big, big comic yeah, fan. Commenter. It's nice to have those working on the show. Hey, how you doing? Uh, my name
2: is Carlos, and i got a question for Steve O'Mel. What did you find most intriguing about playing the role of this character? that there were so
0: many different characters. Saw four distinct characters in the pilot. And um, it's really fun uh, going forward that almost everything that I say in the series has a, could have a double meaning. And there are lots of opportunities along the way to give a little wink to the audience and give a little wink to the DC universe. There's a wonderful scene between Katie and I in episode five. And uh, that was the scene that Andrew had been waiting to write, the line, yes. and, uh, and when we have those moments where we can uh, give a wink to the audience, I love, I love doing that, it's fantastic. So just playing all the different characters, and then um, specifically as we move through the series, playing, the, playing Oliver on the island and the deconstruction of that character is uh, very fun as an actor.
1: Well, God bless you all. Uh, Team Arrow, everybody. Thank you.
0: Hi. Hi, guys. Uh, my question goes out to Steven. Uh, to me, um, the minute that I saw, like, uh, the action, your acrobatics, that's when I became an instant fan, and I, and I said to myself, this is going to be an amazing show. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to, like, ask uh, what preparations went for, uh, for that. Did, were you always having the acrobatic abilities or was something that you trained for it? No, I, I, I played sports in high school. Played football and played rugby and uh, swam and stuff like that. But I hadn't really done anything organized since then. And um, I, uh, I started to push myself physically. I got uh, really um, far along in the casting process for Spartacus. And um, I, I'd seen where I could take things. But uh, this was... This was sort of the next evolution it was um what what can i do so i did basic fight training which basically amounted to like almost wax on wax off stuff kind for of trapping and uh so we have some fun stuff like we have machetes coming up we have some knife fights we have heaven six with sticks and uh i learned all that so yeah that sounds awesome and I, I learned all that, and then, it was, and then it was parkour, and archery, and diet, and walking around in weight vests all the time. And, uh, it's, it's, it's been good though, it's, it's, it's worthwhile, because I want people, want you guys to believe that, you know, as a guy that doesn't have superpowers, I can do the things that I'm doing. It's, as long as you see with the body that you can buy into that, then I'm servicing the show. Awesome show, guys. Thank you. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Hi. Uh, I was just wondering, after seeing the pilot, seeing that you included Dinah Larson as a character and Speedy as a
3: character, if you were considering including Roy Harper as a character, maybe, even as a candidate.
2: (laughs) We definitely definitely talked about Roy, and we have a a pretty cool idea uh, for him. Um, And... All, all things in good time, but uh, the the take for Roy is that we have up our sleeves is pretty badass. So that was a yes, I
0: think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys.
2: It was pretty yes. It was, it was a yes, but no, not no, a no, no, not a win. It was a yes.
1: <laughs> Keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
2: Thank you. Hi.
3: Hi. Um, it's kind of a long question, but there's been so many different uh, variations on the theme of good guy turning badass to revenge his family or fix one thing or the other. How do you see this moving forward without becoming one giant TV trope? Great question. You want, to take you want me
2: to take it? I'm all over that one. Sorry.
0: Um, uh, no, uh, the, I, Oliver's, uh, Oliver's not a good guy. Oliver's not a bad guy. Oliver is a guy with a mission. And um, I love television characters that don't compromise. All the really good television characters on shows that I enjoyed like Walt White, Tony <laughs> Soprano, and Don Draper. And these are all, these are all characters um, just as, as male leading characters that have a set of ideals and they're not trying to win a popularity contest. As Oliver Queen, I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. I want people to be interested in the show and invested in it if you like what I do, great. If you don't, but you keep watching the show,
1: <laughs> that's all good. Right. As
0: David, David Nutter, our pilot director, when the, the scene that, uh, that Katie and I shot, where I first see her after I come back from the island, he kept saying to her, Don't give him anything. Don't show him emotion. He's like,
1: Do nothing.
0: Do nothing. And Katie said, Why? David said, Because the opposite of love is not hate, it's apathy. So, if you love Oliver, great, I'm, that's terrific. If you hate him, that's fine with me too, just don't be indifferent
1: <laughs> and then we're good.
3: Thank you very much. You're welcome.
2: Thank you, Hey. Hey guys, uh, it's for all of you, how does it feel to be rebooting an overshadowed DC icon or story, and what characters or characters would you like to see in later episodes or seasons? You know, brought back to kind of help you out with Batman, Superman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see Batman cross into
3: That'd
2: be sick. <laughs> We've got to get Speedy in there or something.
1: I uh, know, that's what I'm saying. I- I'm ready for it, like I said before.
0: I want to see Merlin.
1: Oh, yeah. Woo!
0: And black hair. You know,
1: thinking, I know. I, mean, I was about to say. I don't. I want to hear see, that scream, girl. Fishnets. Let's hear that scream. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think mean, Katie would look good in the fishnets. I Let's know. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I, I'm really looking forward to showing you guys uh, Helena Bertinelli, um, the huntress. I, I think. Um, I think if you guys reacted as you did uh, to Deathstroke, just, just wait till you see her. Yeah, those episodes are on fire. Those episodes are awesome. Hey guys. Hey. Um, first off, I think I speak for some of the men in the room and most of the women when I say, Steven, you're smoking hot. <laughs>
1: That's not
0: a
2: question. I <laughs> hope <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't miss so it. The question actually for, for Mark. So, um... <laughs> you want you want to talk about my apps?
1: Speaking <laughs> of apps, Can we see your apps? <laughs> Again, Katie
2: does all of my body work. I'm still gonna say, Mark. Um, I guess I wanted to understand: Are you going to be, you know, with knowing what the DC Universe is, and knowing this is a TV show, and you kind of have a, you know, an open palette? Are you going to be going beyond the DC Universe, not really sticking to it, you know, in the tried and true way? And if so, what are some of your plans for that? We mean, like, is Spider-Man going to show up?
1: Yeah, no, it's a great question, actually,
2: and it's it's something that we've been talking about a lot lately. Um, you know, l- let me ask, let me answer it this way. First of all, you know. We would love to create some new characters and put some new players on the board. Uh, you know, create some new toys for the toy chest, if you will. Um so that's certainly, you know, in the off thing. The thing that we do uh in the writer's room is we always start off with a very simple question, which is what's Oliver going through this week? And what's his emotional journey? And once we've answered that question for ourselves, then we start to figure out, well, what's the you know, what's the crime story, what's the procedural element, what's the supervillain of the week, if you will, um, that can relate to that thematically. Like, I think the Royal Flesh Gang in Episode 6 is a great example to that. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily think that, you know, a playing card uh, character uh, bank robbers would relate to what's Oliver go- what Oliver's going through and discovering that week, but it actually truly, truly does. Um, and that's a long way of saying that we come up with you know, the story and the character developments first, and then we back ourselves into a character. Um, in some cases, it's a character that we draw from the DC universe, because it's such a, a big d- and deep pool. Um, but other times we say, you know what, we've got to create our own character and you know, create a, a new you know, toy for the toy box. Um, both are fun. Great, thanks guys. No, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm not sure whose decision this was, uh, so I'm not really sure who to ask. I'm assuming Mark. Why did you change the name from Star City to Starling City? Because it sounds like crap. Uh, Well, um, as long as as you have a... Do you have a strong opinion about it?
1: Actually, yes I do,
2: because I feel that Star City is like Metropolis. It's like Gotham City. It's the home base, it's what everyone associates with him. I think that's like, if in The Man of Steel they call Metropolis Metro City Center. It w- it oh, you're really not going to like the movie.
1: <laughs> I, just, like,
2: I get that you're doing something different, I just can't see why something like that was changed. Like, That's like, to me, changing Oliver Queen's name to Oliver King. They still know who it is, but it's different. It's wrong. Well, can, can I? I'll, you know, you're you're being really blunt, so I'll I'll give you an honest answer, okay? okay. okay. Be Yeah, no, I'm be blunt. Um, really honest as I want to be. Um, here's the thing: Metropolis. It, it sounds like you know a regular city. Gotham sounds like a regular city. Maybe because they were named after real cities. Um, Star City. It, it kind of has a less grounded feel, at least to our ear. Than Metropolis or Gotham, or certainly less grounded than we were going for with the show. So we, you know, made this, you know, sort of creative decision to, you know, make it, you know, Starling City. Um, and at the same time, we always wanted to, you know, tip our hat to the comic book origin Star City. So, like, for example, if you look at the very first page and the very first panel of that uh, Arrow preview comic that we had come out with back at Comic-Con. Uh, or Concom kind of, kind of, I mean. uh, you'll see there's a billboard that says Starling City is a star city and we thought it might be a nice tip of the hat to have Starling sort of name like if New York City is the big Apple Star City is the nickname which again just felt more in keeping with the you know, sort of Nolan-esque grounded version uh, that we were going for. Um, if it's not your cup of tea, I hope you'll still watch the show.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm still gonna watch the show. I
2: Thank you, really okay, I, I, that's I all that matters.
3: Uh, Steven, which,
0: which yeah. martial arts trains do you use for the show? Looked like you used some free running? Yeah, there was, there was parkour, there was archery. Um, parkour. parkour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, people are on set obviously on uh, that.
1: I didn't know it was real. Pardon me? I didn't know parkour was real. Oh, I mean like a real sport or something. Parkour's I just thought it
0: was real.
1: I thought I was like planking, you know, just people just go <laughs> do it. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you didn't see Steven's home video of him jumping off buildings? Oh no, I've seen it now. Now I realize it's real but before, you know. Katie hey, you were awesome as Ruby and supernatural.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thanks. Uh, Jeff didn't know you were moderating, so thanks for writing some of the episodes, they're awesome. Thank you. Uh, this is for, I guess, all of you. In your dream of dreams, I've uh, gone picking up with that guy, which uh, DC superhero do you want for the ultimate team-up, and which actor or actress do you want to play? Wait, I'm sorry, which
3: superhero?
2: Which superhero would you like to see on the show uh, for a team-up, and which actor or actress would you want the, to to play? <laughs>
0: I would like General Zod to be on the show. <laughs> and I would like General Zod to be played by Terrence Stamp. I would have to say only if we could get Terrence Stamp. Only. I have a General Zod doll. I love General Zod. It's <laughs> a good doll. That's That's a good doll. So. It is a good doll. Jeff gives me yeah. Cool. Hey.
1: Next. Um, uh, I
2: just want to say, like, I watching the preview, like, I felt honestly like it was as if like the biggest compliment I can give you is if, like Christopher Nolan was doing this show, like I just watched that going, I feel like this is like the Dark Knight, like it's on par with that. And I appreciate that it didn't feel like thank you, a Thank you, show.
1: That that is that by the way, so nice. both
2: compliments are easily the best compliments. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so thank much. You. My uh, my question is, um, you got Jeff Johns writing an episode. Um, are you gonna have any other like Green Arrow <laughs> uh, writers like Judd Winick? know kevin smith even would you be interested in having them come in or can you tease if they are already on slate um i I can't well we i can't really i don't know what judge is up to um i yeah i'm gonna gonna take the fifth on that one we we have a really talented you know writing staff and and quite frankly I'm, i'm Going yeah. to get Jeff back. It, it goes. I'll be back
3: soon. It goes the. Uh, it goes the other way though. So you're working on co- some comic stuff too. Good to segue you know, so to it. It's a good segue. Yeah. So Mark and Andrew obviously uh, Price, Andrew Kreisberg, who runs the show with Mark, they are comic book writers as well. Um, you want to talk about your book?
2: Yeah. Um, so as you as you guys know, um, we're doing a Arrow digital comic book um, that will like the Smallville season eleven comic uh, that. that that uh, premieres um, on comicsology each week um, will eventually get collected into print, we're doing an Arrow comic. And what's really cool, at least for us, hopefully for you, uh, about the comic is a couple things. First of all, it's canon. So everything that happens in the comic ties into the show. For example, if you uh, picked up or you downloaded, I guess, the digital comic that uh, Stands. I can't premiere. I don't even know what word to use. Release. Uh, release. Thank you. Uh, that was released uh, last week in conjunction with the premiere of the pilot. It actually takes a scene from episode two and you know sort of reenacts it verbatim, but flashes forward to key elements, uh, key moments in the life of the series in the first season. Uh, the second chapter that will be released now that I have this word to use uh, that gets released on Wednesday gives you China White's backstory, and China White appears in episode two of the show. So it's very tightly integrated, um, and it, it's written by myself, Andrew, the other members of the writing staff. So it's uh, we're not you know farming anything out uh, to, to third parties; everything is done in house. So that it fits with the show in a very, very tight, hermetically sealed kind of way. Um, and as you know from down- downloading the first issue, Mike Rell is one of our rotating artists. Uh, and I think uh, we arrived with some some preview art for you guys today. Yeah, showing. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. showing! Look at that! Wow! Awesome! Thanks. Six
3: seasons in a movie. I
2: <laughs>
1: oh, Love it! I love your plan. That's good. Three movies. Are we going to see more of the training
0: sequence,
2: like, not just on the island and in the the off Queen uh, facility, but, like, like, are you going to have, like, a frozen area, underwater sequences, and, um, like, more depth into bad guys, like uh, Slate or or something like that? Well, I think the, you know, we we don't have a frozen sequence or an underwater sequence planned at the moment. I think underwater would probably happen you know a bit sooner um, for us but I think you know for us the goal is always how do we keep pushing the envelope each week in terms of scope and in terms of production value um, you know there's stuff that's happening you know you saw a hint of it in the trailer in episode two um, in this incredible silo that we shot the Arrow China white fight scene in and uh, these really really cool docks in Vancouver we've got amazing locations uh, that we keep going to and our incredible stunt team keeps coming up with new and different ways uh, to show those locations off in, in the coolest kind of action that you can see. We're really trying to set a new bar for action sequences on television. I love you Steven! And um, <laughs> are we going to see more of like the attachments for the arrows like apart from the, the computer? Thing that had the guys to count. Are we gonna shoot like a like a punching glove or anything like pop out like in the You know, we, we talk a lot about the, the boxing card. glove uh, arrow and, and um uh, <laughs> you, you basically a variation on that. I punch guys in the head.
1: <laughs> in the
0: second episode, we were we were we were cutting a fight scene together and we needed I. I, I am handling some guys, and we needed to get me over to the, to the guy that I was targeting. And we were coming up, we were thinking about all these different elaborate moves, and I said, well, what if I just put the bow in my right hand and punched him in the head as hard as I could? That's what made the final cut?
1: Yeah.
3: Speaking of uh, arrow and all that, how's the costume? How is that uniform feel? The costume is great. Calling
1: out and leather pants. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: As you saw from the preview, Katie has seen me in the costume. So Um, the costume's great. Colleen Atwood, who uh, has uh, won a couple of Academy Awards, um,
2: did uh, *Edward Scissorhands*. What did she do? Um, She did *Snow White and the Huntsman*. Yep. Uh, She did *Songs of the Lambs*. Um, Gosh, she's done so many things. It's ridiculous. Uh, And she has like she has enough Academy Awards she could. You know, give them out as like Christmas gifts if she wanted to. No, but the but the,
0: the costume is great. I can put it on by myself. It takes five minutes to put on. It's totally functional. It's totally real. Everything that everything that uh, everything that you see on it um, has a purpose. There's it's um it's great. It's a little too hot in the summer, and it's a little bit too cold in the winter. But it's a Goldilocks costume.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not.
0: <laughs> Like, it looks awesome. I love, I, I love the costume. Awesome. And, and Mark,
3: can you talk a little bit about where in the story where that uniform would yeah come from? yeah it, what it's inspired by?
2: Well, for one thing, it's always designed to be incredible. Like like Stevens says, everything has a function to it, and we never talked about it. I mean, when when Steven says it's a costume, he he's really referring to it as as we do in the um, in the industry sense. You know, like. When Steven is in a suit, that's a costume. Um, anything the actors wear is a costume. Um, anything that they interact with is a prop. Um, and the thing that we said uh, to Colleen was, well, first of all, you know, Oliver should be able to basically you know, put the hood down and just wear the jacket and walk, up, you know, walk across the street, no one would think twice. Um, so it has that means for a very gravity, very functional look. Um, and for us, the, the reason why Oliver wears this, out- this particular outfit is it places him back in the mindset of being a predator, of being a hunter that he had to develop to survive on the island. So it gives him a very tactical, you know, strategic edge. And if you're curious to know the origins of that particular outfit and why it has resonance for Oliver. Uh, i watched the second episode, particularly the flashbacks. You guys want to see that again?
3: (laughs) Uh, Can we, we, as we wrap up, can we run that reel? One more question. One more question. Oh, question. Sorry.
1: Really quick. Oh One more question. (laughs) Uh,
0: My question's from Mark. Yeah. Have you have, have you given any thought to making Willa Artemis?
2: You know, um, yes, yes, we have, um, but don't encourage her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, any, like memos from her about Speedy.
1: Yeah, I want to go and
2: Arrow, guys. Artemis I'm down for whatever.
1: Put me in a Sorry. costume. I'm ready to go.
2: Three. One of my favorite really moments that was scripted was in the pile. this was, this uh, was Andrew's gag, I, I love this, and it kills me that we cut it. Um, when when Thea is breaking up the Roxies with her friend, the stage direction was, you know, they take the pills, put it on her desk, and she grabs off of her shelf a junior archery trophy championship uh, trophy and uh, uses that to crush the the pills. And, uh,
1: oh, yeah, where do you think he got the archery
3: from? Come on.
2: DVD one day I don't know, um, but uh, yeah we we've we talked about it uh, we've, we've talked about Connor Hawk, um, you know everything you know Andrew and I and Greg and all the writers we we go to bed you know thinking about the show wake up thinking about the show so there's very little that we haven't you know given thought to and discussed and you know the nice thing about the way we premiered is it, it allows us to you know. Feel like, okay, the show's going to be around for a while, so we can, you know, uh, think even more long-term than we've been thinking. And, And that's part of the fun.
1: Make it so.